Canto four of the Rape of the Lock by Alexander Pope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. But anxious cares the pensive nymph oppressed, and secret passions labored in her breast. Not youthful kings in battle seized alive, not scornful virgins who their charms survive, not ardent lovers robbed of all their bliss, not ancient ladies when refused a kiss, not tyrants fierce that unrepenting die, not Cynthia when her mantua's pinned awry ever felt such rage resentment and despair as thou sad virgin for thy ravished hair for that sad moment when the sylphs withdrew and ariel weeping from belinda flew umbriel a dusky melancholy sprite as ever sullied the fair face of light down to the central earth his proper scene repaired to search the gloomy cave of spleen. Swift on his sooty pinions flits the gnome, and in a vapor reach the dismal dome. No cheerful breeze this sullen region knows, the dreaded east is all the wind that blows. Here in a grotto sheltered close from air, and screened in shades from day's detested glare, she sighs for ever on her pensive bed, pain at her side, and megrim at her head. Two handmaids wait the throne, alike in place, but differing far in figure and in face. Here stood ill-nature, like an ancient maid, her wrinkled form in black and white arrayed, with store of prayers for mornings, nights, and noons, her hand is filled her bosom with lampoons their affectation with a sickly mien shows in her cheek the roses of eighteen practised to lisp and hang the head aside faints into airs and languishes with pride on the rich quilt sinks with becoming woe wrapped in a gown for sickness and for show the fair ones feel such maladies as these when each new night-dress gives a new disease. A constant vapor o'er the palace flies, strange phantoms rising as the mists arise. Dreadful as hermits' dreams in haunted shades, or bright as visions of expiring maids, now glaring fiends and snakes on rolling spires, pale spectres gaping tombs and purple fires now lakes of liquid gold elysian scenes and crystal domes and angels in machines unnumbered throngs on every side are seen of bodies changed to various forms by spleen here living teapots stand one arm held out one bent the handle this and that the spout a pipkin there like homer's tripod walks here sighs a jar, and there a goose-pie talks. Men prove with child as powerful fancy works, And maids turned bottles call aloud for corks. Safe past the gnome through this fantastic band, A branch of healing spleenwort in his hand. Then thus addressed the power, Hail, wayward queen, 
who rule the sex to fifty from fifteen parent of vapours and of female wit who give the hysteric or poetic fit on various tempers act by various ways make some take physic others scribble plays who cause the proud their visits to delay and send the godly in a pet to pray a nymph there is that all your power disdains and thousands more in equal mirth maintains but oh if e'er thy gnome could spoil a grace or raise a pimple on a beauteous face like citron waters matron's cheeks inflame or change complexions at a losing game if e'er with airy horns i planted heads or rumpled petticoats or tumbled beds or caused suspicion when no soul was rude or discomposed the headdress of a prude or e'er to costive lapdog gave disease which not the tears of brightest eyes could ease hear me and touch belinda with chagrin that single act gives half the world the spleen the goddess with a discontented air seems to reject him though she grants his prayer a wondrous bag with both her hands she binds like that where once ulysses held the winds there she collects the force of female lungs sighs sobs and passions and the war of tongues a vial next she fills with fainting fears soft sorrows melting griefs and flowing tears the gnome rejoicing bears her gifts away spreads his black wings and slowly mounts to day sunk in philestri's arms the nymph he found her eyes dejected and her hair unbound full o'er their heads the swelling bag he rent and all the furies issued at the vent belinda burns with more than mortal ire and fierce Thalestres fans the rising fire. O oh, wretched maid! She spread her hands and cried, While Hampton's echoes, wretched maid, replied, Was it for this you took such constant care? The bodkin, comb, and essence to prepare? For this your locks and paper durance bound? For this with torturing irons wreathed around? For this with fillets strained your tender head, And bravely bore the double loads of lead? Gods, shall the ravisher display your hair, While the fops envy and the ladies stare? Honor forbid, at whose unrivaled shrine, Ease, pleasure, virtue, all our sex resign. Methinks already I your tears survey, already hear the horrid things they say already see you a degraded toast and all your honour in a whisper lost how shall i then your hapless fame defend twill then be infamy to seem your friend and shall this prize this inestimable prize exposed through crystal to the gazing eyes and heightened by the diamond circling rays on that rapacious hand for ever blaze sooner shall grass and hyde park circus grow and wits take lodgings in the sound of bow 
sooner let earth air sea to chaos fall men monkeys lapdogs parrots perish all she said then raging to sir plume repairs and bids her bow demand the precious hairs sir plume of amber snuff-box justly vain and the nice conduct of a clouded cane with earnest eyes and round unthinking face he first the snuff-box opened then the case and thus broke out my lord why what the devil zads damn the lock for god you must be civil plague on it tis past a jest nay prithee pox give her the hair he spoke and wrapped his box it grieves me much replied the peer again who speaks so well should ever speak in vain but by this lock this sacred lock i swear which never more shall join its parted hair which never more its honours shall renew clipped from the lovely head where late it grew that while my nostrils draw the vital air this hand which won it shall for ever wear he spoke and speaking in proud triumph spread the long contended honours of her head but umbriel hateful gnome forbears not so he breaks the vial whence the sorrows flow then see the nymph in beauteous grief appears her eyes half languishing half drowned in tears on her heavy bosom hung her drooping head which with a sigh she raised and thus she said for ever cursed be this detested day which snatched my best my favourite curl away happy ah ten times happy had i been if hampton court these eyes had never seen yet am not i the first mistaken made by love of courts too numerous ills betrayed oh had i rather unadmired remained in some lone isle or distant northern land where the gilt chariot never marks the way where none learn ombre none e'er taste bohe there kept my charms concealed from mortal eye like roses that in deserts bloom and die what moved my mind with youthful lords to roam oh had i stayed and said my prayers at home twas this morning omens seemed to tell thrice from my trembling hand the patch-box fell the tottering china shook without a wind nay pole sat mute and shock was most unkind a sylph too warned me of the threats of fate in mystic visions now believe too late see the poor remnants of these slighted hairs my hand shall rend what even thy rapine spares these into sable ringlets taught to break once gave new beauties to the snowy neck the sister lock now sits uncouth alone and in its fellow's fate foresees its own uncurled it hangs the fatal shears demands and tempts one more thy sacrilegious hands o oh, hadst thou cruel been content to seize hairs less in sight or any hairs but these
End of Canto 4. Recording by Rhonda Fetterman.